0: And when I would go to events or I would go to represent the bank, you know, as a Latina to to support, every time the event, you know, we opening words were always like, you know, statistics and data, Latinos, the least educated, the least educated. And I was like, no, we got to change that. And the way I'm going to change it is I'm going to go continue, you know, in higher education and get educated. And I always tell our youth, like, you know, education is the one thing nobody can take away from me. Right. And I think it's important that, that we, we see that as well. I know that we have the a school loan crisis, but I still say they're, they're, it's important for us to continue to find ways to support our community to continue to pursue education.
1: Our voices, stories, and experiences are powerful and need to be shared to create a more inclusive world. Welcome to Hablemos, conversations with talented humans about inclusion, leadership, and purpose. I'm your host, Carolina Veira, finance and business strategist, DEI champion, and proud Latina. I'm also the director of partnerships at CareMax, where I lead initiatives to promote the value of healthcare, education, inclusion, entrepreneurship, and community engagement, while fostering partnerships with other corporations and organizations in the U.S.
0: This episode features Yoli Valencia. Yoli is
1: currently a Senior Associate in Workplace Strategy Consulting at JLL Global Real Estate and Investment Management in Chicago. She currently serves as Engagement Officer for Casa Central Emerging Leaders Auxiliary Board. Jolie has received several recognitions for her work in the community. These include a recognition by Negocios Now, Who's Who in Hispanic Chicago, a Workforce Impact Award by ProSpanica, and several recognitions for her commitment and leadership as Director of Education for ProSpanica's Summer Enrichment Program.
0: Jolie, how are you today? I am good. I'm a little cold being inside. I wish (laughs) wish we could be streaming out live outside because I love the heat, but that's okay. That's okay. It's a little too hot though. It's a little too hot, Yoli. Never too hot for this Latina.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, Yoli, thank you so much for joining us. Now, uh, for those who don't know you, um, of course, I don't think there's too many out there in the Hispanic community who don't know about Yoli. Uh, she is the CEO of Latinas Who Trade. She's the CEO and founder. So you're gonna share a little more about uh, Latinas Who Trade and what's the mission and the purpose. What was your vision for creating that organization, uh, and what do you do um, around empowering women who want to learn more about wealth and, and finances, um, and particularly creating generational wealth. Isn't that correct, Yoli?
0: That is correct. That is correct. And <laughs> and let's let's clarify. That is like I always say I have a nine to five and then <laughs> I have a five to nine. And my five to nine and what started out as as a hobby is um, Latinas Who Trade. And, you know, as you know, I'm very passionate about educating my community, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all rooted on my own experience, right? I grew up, I'm a daughter of immigrants, right? I was born and raised in Chicago. I am a product of CPS, of Chicago Public Schools. And so just looking back at all the information and resources that I didn't have, you know, I, I I often reflect back on how much easier my journey could have been, right? Like, yes, you know, I'm really happy where I'm at today. I've, I've accomplished a lot of things with the support of my family. I, you know, became a mom at a very young age. and But it doesn't have to be that way for everybody else, right? So I feel like I've done the work. And the rest of our, especially young Latinas, shouldn't have to go through the same struggles. I think it is our duty to share our experiences and, you know, to to empower them to use their voice. Because I think that was one of my regrets growing up, or now that I reflect back, is you know i was never taught to use my voice right and our culture is calladita vez mas bonita and right. it just stays with you and i wish i would have used my voice more cuz i have yes. a voice and i do like to use it right
1: and 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 it's so important what you're saying sometimes we we think that because it's authority we we have to just follow instructions and it's not quite the case in all instances. There's certain times that probably it does work, but in others, we need to also manage up. We need to also share. We need to also communicate how we feel so people are more in tune with what's truly happening, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And especially in our families, right? And, you know, I was, I was raised, I do have a sister, but she was born after my first daughter was born, so... It really was never that sister relationship, right? So Mm -hmm. for me growing up, I had all brothers and I was the only girl in in my home and um, a little bit on my parents. My mom was an orphan and they got married here in the city of Chicago at a very young age as well, but you know, there was they were very sheltering and very protecting of me, especially being the only girl. And it wasn't because they didn't want what was best for me. Right. It was because mm-hmm. they didn't know because they also didn't have that person or, uh, individuals to be able to guide them. My, my dad lost his parents and also at a very young age. So I never met grandparents. I didn't have grandparents. And so, you know, with time, I just see what a difference I think that would have made, right. To, to have grandparents because it's added experience, added experience that you're able to share added knowledge. And my parents didn't have that. So, you know, I see how my upbringing was impacted especially being the only girl it's like no 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 you you're not doing this like they're <laughs> protecting me women
1: I, are not supposed to do this or that
0: yes, yes and I and I do have to say that it's taken me you know some time and and maybe even becoming a mother too to just recognize that it's it it's because of their experiences and their traumas too mm-hmm. that I got what I got from them because other I I know that they're proud of me now and they <laughs> want it, they always wanted what was best. But you know, to share a little bit, when I was in high school, I always did well in school. I'm such a nerd. I love school. <laughs> I love learning. And there's nothing wrong with being a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I was in ROTC and I won through the ROTC program, I won a full ride to a university in Chicago, the University of Chicago, and that was not celebrated. It was not celebrated because it was like, oh no, you're not going. The, uh, granted, part of it was I would stay involved in ROTC, which I love too, And but it's like, how is it that our only girl is going to go out and do ROTC, right? Which is, mm. if you're not familiar with it, it's like part of like the Army Reserves. And it was never celebrated and i grew up hearing you know the only way out of the house is you're getting married Getting married getting married getting married and i got married and didn't pursue higher education okay. until later because i was like oh my god i know that i have so much more to give i know there's like i had it in me and luckily i'm still married and um he was a great supporter when it came to that. So I, we had our family, my kids were born, you know, I'm a mother of three. And that's when I decided to return to school and complete my undergrad and then later pursue um, higher education.
1: Now, how, obviously that has impacted you. Um, it, In a sense, it, it stopped you from doing certain things, but it also gave you a drive um, to accomplish others once you were out of the house. But How have you changed now that you're a mom and that you have girls and and that they look up to you and they want to do things? What are you applying or what are you not applying? What things are you doing differently?
0: I try to encourage them to use their voice for sure. Right. And, you know, especially I feel today and age, just trying to recognize that when I was growing up, the times are different, you know, time we continue to evolve. So just trying to be more understanding. And also like you mentioned earlier, you know, it's not about authority, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, I think you and I both know that teenagers are very outspoken, especially now with social media. It's like, they know everything. And, and so I don't take offense to that versus maybe when you and I were growing up, oh my goodness, if. it, it we try to like challenge something like we don't agree. It it was, it was a big no, no. Right. Right. So I think that's a huge thing. And I, and I keep it in mind because I want to make sure that when they disagree with something, that when they step, if, And when they step into corporate America, they use their voice because when I first transitioned and stepped into corporate America, I was heads down. I did not speak up, but that's because that's how I was raised. Right. Right. And so I didn't speak up even if I did, if I didn't agree. And there's a lot of that. And we don't realize that, that the way we're treating our children at home is going to translate into how they're going to behave, you know, in the, in the exterior. Right. So that for me, it's, it's even though sometimes, you know, I get a little twitch these teenagers, but (laughs) I want to make sure that I just calm down and it's it's like, you know what? These girls have a voice and I appreciate it. And they're using it. Right. Let's talk about it because I hope that tomorrow when they're in corporate America or in the boardroom that they speak up as well
1: it's so interesting how it translates perfectly into being being part of corporate america into being being part of bigger teams and and like you said hopefully those women who are in 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 those places where decisions are being made they do speak up because they're representing not so many groups right not only people of color they're only they're representing women in some instances you know minorities in general countries. So um, I, my hope would be that they listen to you and they they recognize the power that their voices have. I always say our voices are powerful. So thank mm-hmm. you for reminding us all that they, they truly are. And the experiences that we bring to the to the organizations, to our companies, to whatever whatever we are, to our communities is important and it's valuable. Now, my dear Yoli. Obviously, you are part of corporate America, like you mentioned, you recently get a new job. So I don't know if you're if if, uh, if you're going to share a little more about that here. However, tell us more about how do you transition into um, corporate real estate because that's what you're doing now and you are Phenomenal at it. You're, you're so, um, talented, but not only talented, but also successful. And I know that that's a particular area uh, of opportunity for women in general. I don't see too many women there. And let's not even talk about Latino women or women of color in that industry. So what made you take that leap of faith and jump into that area? And, um, how can other women join you in that, in that aspect of your life?
0: Yeah, so absolutely. So let me start by sharing that, you know, I come from a banking background, right? I worked for, and now I'm going to age myself even more if I haven't already talking about my kids. <laughs> um, I worked for a bank for over 17 years and I come with a more operation slash administration background and um, loved what I do. I jack of all trades. If you needed project management, I took care of it. If you needed operations administration, you name it, loved it. And um, just because of my tenure at the organization, and at the time, the the organization, the bank that I was working for was getting ready to start their real estate strategy for um consolidating, creating efficiency, but also launching a new tower in the city of Chicago. And so it did take a Latina to um, that knew that I was very well connected within the bank, that I understood the different lines of businesses. So I would be able to definitely get in front of them and start talking about the future, the strategy, what we needed from them to make our strategy come to fruition and so she gave me that opportunity more because of my soft skills Mm -hmm. and not because of my hard skills right Mm -hmm. and but I was always passionate about real estate actually before um if you recall the market crash I was a realtor a residential realtor also doing it part-time because god forbid I do just one thing and (laughs) still and I missed it. I also was always fascinated with architecture, especially in the city of Chicago, right? Architecture to me fascinates me. And so when this person, this this real estate executive gave me that opportunity, I immediately, you know, just, I knew I was in the right place. And that at that same time, I was just looking into returning to school to complete my MBA. And the city of Chicago has a wonderful university that has a great program for real estate, an MBA focused in real estate finance and investments. And, and so that sealed the deal for me. And that's how I transitioned. It was more because somebody saw it in me. And I also shared how much I loved real estate. And it was something that was at the back of my mind that I would have loved to, to pivot into. And so I think it's, it's, it's it's very important for us to recognize that you oh, you do need that person to advocate for you, right?
1: Absolutely, that what we call the sponsor, somebody who's talking about you, recognizes who you are, your values, your passion, and will bring you um, along the way, right? We'll speak about you, we'll offer you those opportunities. But I also want to highlight the fact that you also went back to school for that. Like you, yes. you recognize the power of education. There.
0: Yes. Yes. I love education and I always tell, tell our, and you know what? It also goes back to, you know, as I mentioned, outside of my nine to five, I'm also very active in the community. And when I would go to events or I would go to represent the bank, you know, as a Latina to, to support every time, The event, you know, we opening words were always like, you know, statistics and data, Latinos, the least educated, the least educated. And I was like, no, we got to change that. And the way I'm going to change it is I'm going to go continue, you know, in higher education and get educated. And I always tell our youth, like, you know, education is the one thing nobody can take away from me. Right. And I think it's important that that we we see that as well. I know that we have the school loan crisis, but I still say there there it's important for us to continue to find ways to support our community, to continue to pursue education.
1: No, absolutely. And I know you you clearly mentioned that. I mean, there's um, there's a crisis, but there's also opportunities there. I mean, uh, like you mentioned, education does open different doors, not only because of the knowledge that you gain. And I, I do feel that it, it empowers you. It gives you an opportunity there, but also that the connections that you make with, with other people, right. With people who are probably they they're sharing common interests, not necessarily are in the same industry sometimes. However, that also gives you some leverage, right. You, you interact with people even outside of your, your area of comfort and, in. uh, It helps you grow as well as a professional, as personally. So, yeah, I commend you for that. Um, How was that MBA, by the way? Yeah,
0: I love it. I love it. (laughs) I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And, you know, I was one of like three people of color going Mm. through the MBA program. How many? Out of 25. Out of the, the real estate, finance, and investment program it was like a like a program a cohort and then that was three people of color and then like total of us were five women wow and so even in the Fun. classroom oh, wow yeah even in the classroom it highlighted how you know the The need is, and I think it's because of lack of, of, you know, awareness and education. So that's one of my goals, you know, doing the work that I do with Latinas Who Trade. I'm often told, why don't you are so good at that, speaking engagements, educating the community. Why don't you just do that full time? You'll do great. But it's like, no, because one of my goals is to change the industry. I need to make sure that when my girls walk into the boardroom, that there's people that look like them. When people were, you know, walk into, you know, I don't know, maybe they're going to build the next, you know, largest tower in the city of Chicago or Miami. Who knows that there's a group of us that they can say, oh, you know, this person looks like me. Yeah. yeah. And that is not the case right now.
1: Hi everybody, hola a todos. This is Carolina. I personally would like to invite you to be part of Ablemos by heading over to Carolinaveda.com forward slash ablemos to sign up today. And while you're there, take a look at my DEI initiatives and discover how we can all be agents of change by creating sustainable projects through a DEI lens and by sharing and celebrating our authentic stories and experiences while leading with compassion and empathy. No, absolutely. Now, Obviously, um, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, you, you just gave us some some insight, particularly in that program. Only only five women out of uh, the twenty five, and only three people of color out of the twenty five as well. What are you doing then? Uh, to bring more women and more people of color into commercial real estate.
0: Well, the, the we all we can start with right now is education, right, and raising awareness. So for. I would say about the last five years, and I stepped down in 2020, I was the director of a summer enrichment program in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and this program focused on taking students from underserved community, predominantly brown and black students, and we would expose them to the world of business, and we would put them in front of executives. Um, Latino executives, Black executives that look like them, that they can relate to, that they can share their story and talk about the careers and their career paths. And I did that for five years, and um, we always held workshops specific to real estate, specific to finance, specific to you name it. And we took them on tours to like some of the Fortune 500 companies. And it was wonderful. And, you know, I have to add for many of these students and we paid for everything through sponsorship of these same organizations that wanted to do something for these students. But um, for many of these students, it was their first time stepping into downtown. Downtown wow. Chicago. They had never seen them. And to just even that, to just see them looking around like they had never stood in front of a skyscraper before, you know, that was very powerful. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of students that I still stay in touch with that are interested and are now pursuing an MBA and careers in real estate. And I think that is fabulous. But all we can do is continue to raise awareness. I always highlight Real estate is 50% of the world's worth, right? Um, mm. You know, it's, it's, it's the way to go. Real estate, and we all touch real estate. Businesses right. touch real estate. So, so yeah, I think it's, 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 it's important.
1: Um, but also for those real estate agents who are probably not in the commercial side, but are more uh, on the residential side, is there an opportunity for them to join you?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. What do do they have to do? You know what? I would say say reach out to me and (laughs) we can go from there. You know, I love mentoring students. I always mentor them. I would love to connect with them. And, you know, the nice thing about it is that now there are a lot more programs out there than when you and I were in school. Right. There's apprenticeships for high school students, even college students, internships. There's so many programs out there that I'd be happy to connect anyone to.
1: Amazing, amazing. Now, let's go back to you, Yoli. Mm-hmm. You've obviously, and I've mentioned this to you before where I, I do see you as somebody who's lived many lives, um, in, in this, in this short period of time because you've experienced so much right from the way that you were raised to um, becoming your own person owning your voice then moving into corporate america been working at a bank working now um uh, commercial real estate um you're also an author you're also uh, you're very involved with the community like you said you're a community leader that gives back um and and can see the power of education and how it can elevate um uh, society in general what how does it feel to live so many to to in or to wear so many hats how do you manage that um and how do you keep it interesting
0: well let me start by reminding you I was (laughs) the only girl in a house full of men and boys right (laughs) and we all know boys are very active and so you know half the time i was finding ways to stay busy and and when i reflect on that it's like wow i always had like that entrepreneurial you know, heart where I was like, "All right, what can I do next?" And my mom needed something it's like, "You know what? I can do it for you don 't pay anybody. you know where you know for vet planning or something and so for me, this is the norm. this is just who I am. Um, I am not a person to just do one thing, and I think it's important too and then even when you go into the it's it's the same when you go into the topic of like building wealth right and personal finances. We cannot just be relying on one income. You know, there oh, there has to be a backup plan if you really want to continue to see um, your generational wealth, you know, come to fruition, build it, we have to have several different sources of income. And I feel that it's the same for us as we continue to grow as leaders, as we continue to learn, me going to my desk nine to five and just doing the, focusing on this particular, you know, market planning or real estate for a specific client I don't feel that that would grow me in all different other areas. So me being involved in the community, me being a mentor to the next generation, um, that is also pouring into me and it's allowing me to grow in many different areas. So I think that's important.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's it, it, Obviously you're giving back, but it's also you're getting something in return by doing all these things. And it, it, it feels... It feels nice to be able to empower others, um, but it also feels nice that you're sharing that knowledge. It's, it is a blessing to be a blessing to somebody else. Now, and in that life, long and short, at the same time, life that you've lived, um, is there something, a life story that really shaped you into the person that you are today? And I like asking that question because I know there's so many powerful stories that each one of us have. Um, but you know, in, in your case, what would that be?
0: I would say it, it's really my mom's story. Her being an orphan at the age of seven, that really shaped me because, you know, I grew up hearing the, you, you, the only way out of the house is getting married. I got married very young. So that also shaped me, right? Because I had to grow up at a much younger age than our kids will. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, that I think made, had a huge impact, especially when you see, you know, in America, when you see how different others paths were, right. Me coming, you know, as a daughter of immigrant and then knowing their upbringing, you know, my mom being an orphan that it, it, it was very different. It was very different. And I, I, You know, I think that she gave me that resilience that she had. Can you imagine being seven years old and her mom passed away shortly after giving birth? And um, so she was taking care of a newborn along with her, her siblings. And, you know, she was the second oldest. And I mean, there were a lot of struggles there that I think, unbeknownst to me, I carry within me as far as, you know, just keep going and keep fighting and don't give up.
1: So that resilience you gain it from, from her experience, but also your experience, right? You've, you, you, you always had to, you also had to go through a lot as well. I mean, raising kids uh, when you're young, when when you're that young, it's not easy either. (laughs) How, how do you manage that? How, How And I know you were were young, but not as young as your mom in comparison. But how do you manage being young and having children and having a job? How do you particularly do it?
0: Well, I will say that I had a support system, right? Like my husband, obviously, he was always very supportive. And my mom, too. I am lucky to still have her with me. And she really helped me raise my kids. Mm. And I love to see the relationship that my kids have with her because I didn't have that. I didn't have a grandmother. I didn't have grandparents. And I i mean, I value that so much just to see it in them. And I am very well aware that without her or my husband, I wouldn't be where I am today.
1: Now, and as far as obviously opening doors for your kids, opening doors for others, what do you think? What's your recommendation for those out there who want to have an impact, who want to do um, something to give back, but maybe they're thinking, oh, it requires too much time, or uh, I don't know what to do. How do they get started on
0: on your? Work? I, I say, I always say, speak up and ask questions. There's nothing wrong if, if you're thinking about something, just just say it out loud, right? Nothing. you have nothing to lose by asking questions. And this is something that I live by even today, right? Stepping into new roles and new organizations and changes, career changes, et cetera. It's like, just continue to ask questions. What right? about
1: fear, Yoli? Because see, I, I do recognize the fact that, you know, obviously you are your own persona. You're, so you're a person who knows who what she wants. What about those who think, hmm, yeah, I want to ask questions, but um, I don't know. I'm afraid of asking the question. What do you tell them?
0: Well, I would say I, too, was that person. You know, I don't think I shared that when I first started at the bank, I was very heads down. I would not speak up. I would go and do my work, go home to my family. That was it. And there was one individual, and, and I do share it in the story, um, and who I always saw as a mentor. He almost tricked me into getting involved with one of the ERGs and this was years ago and he's the because of his 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 um not giving up on me and trying to constantly get <laughs> me involved because I was like no 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 I'm just here to do there's my.
1: there's always job. excuses right right oh yeah I had
0: excuse in the book <laughs> yeah, my kids you know I gotta get home to my kids I'm tired I'm not feeling well you name it and it was his his persistence and pushing me. And finally one day I believe he was like, he needed like somebody couldn't make it and he really needed assistance. So I'm like, of course, I'm not going to say no and leave you hanging. Like, sure. I'll, I'll come and help you. And I think that was like the, the breaking point. Cause After that, getting involved with the ERG, and then it just slowly escalated from there. I mean, when I was with the bank, I was the national chair and led and grew the ERG across Canada and the U.S., and this is outside of my full-time job, but it wasn't until somebody pushed me to do it, but also realizing that, oh my God, there was so much power in the ERG, And that reward and I don't even know how to explain it. That feeling that I had that I knew that I was helping others that, that were, that were, that had similar backgrounds like me that just like lit a fire in me and said, Oh my God, this is what I want to do. I want to help everybody. Like, (laughs) why, why didn't I do this sooner? And then the rest is history. And I always share with, with, with the youth and, you know, with my audience that. It wasn't until I started giving back to my community that I got really involved with my community that my career took off. Mm. It wasn't the degree. It was not any of that. It was you know, people started hearing and, you know, people will reach out and help, et cetera. How can I connect you with somebody, whether it was mm-hmm. connecting them, whether it was putting them in front of somebody else, whether it was sharing some advice, sharing from my own experience, hoping that they'll have a takeaway and learn some, something from it. That's when my career really took off.
1: Oh, that's powerful, Yoli, because it, it, it's, it's palpable, but It's, it's, uh, it's true to many of us, right? I mean, we, we do a little bit here, a little bit there, but once you start sharing who you are and what you know with everyone, it's when you start magic starts happening, right? People start listening and and not only listening, but becoming those supporters, becoming your cheerleaders. So thank you for sharing that. That's extremely powerful. Um, I know we're right on time for, I know we're going to need a couple more minutes here, but um, obviously your story is so good. And, and I do admire you from afar and from close because we, we work on some initiatives together, but I know how involved you are, um, how much of your time you give back and all the work that you're doing. Now, we are book sisters for those who don't know, and that's what you mentioned uh, that you that you talk about it in the book um, we are we're part of the Today Inspire Latina Volume 9 so we've done a couple of things with the book sharing also with um, college students and, and and different people about our own stories but now if you do you have a hero Yoli and who would that be?
0: My mom <laughs> my mom definitely you know I mean, she did it at seven years old. She survived and thanks to her, we are here and we learned, we learned from her, right? We learned, I I feel that I'm not going to say she was, you know, a perfect parent or the best parent, but because of the parent that she was, I learned to be a much better parent and a much better role model for our youth.
1: That's beautiful. So, what I admire about you is that you didn't allow your circumstances to define who you are today, right? You, you took it, um, you took all of that and you truly made what you wanted to happen made made what you want to happen possible and now you're obviously in my eyes and in the eyes of many people you're a very successful um professional but also uh, obviously you have a wonderful family so uh is it possible for you to have it all is it possible for all of us to have it all
0: I Oh, that's, that's a quick <laughs> question, <Carol. laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think I have it all. But, you know, I I am happy to be able to be in a position where I'm able to give back. And I think that is fulfilling. And so long as we continue to have good health. Right. Um, I think the pandemic has taught us that that the importance of health as well. And so, you know, if I have health and I have the fortune to be able to give back to my community, I, I guess I do have it all because that's all I need.
1: That's all we need. Thank you so much, Yoli. If somebody is interested in reaching out to you and getting a hold of you, how do they go about that?
0: Um, they can email me at LatinasWhoTrade at gmail.com. And then, of course, they can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn through here. And um, they can follow Instagram, who Trade.
1: Okay, and also the, for those real estate agents who are in the residential side, but they want to maybe learn a little more about uh, the commercial real estate um, side of things. You're a wonderful, wonderful mentor there. And now I do, I do want to get your message to the community. Whomever that uh, community is, what would that be today?
0: I would say, don't forget where you can come from. And remember to bring those that that are coming behind us. Remember to open the door for those behind us. I think it's very important. I think it is our responsibility and duty to continue to help those that are behind us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Opening doors, holding those doors open, but creating opportunities for those around us. That's uh a- it's important, and and you know what, the ride becomes even more interesting, more fun when when you have uh, people that you love around you, or people that you care about,
0: right? Absolutely, absolutely.
1: All right, Yoli, thank you so much for your time. I'm so thank appreciative. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for for connecting from uh, from Chicago. I know Miami misses you. Hopefully, you'll be back alley. soon. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for tuning in and for connecting and learning more about Yoli. And in a way, continue our, our the leadership that we're trying to, to connect everyone to and to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to give back and to also connect with others. So thank you for sharing your story of success, Yoli. I'm, I'm pretty sure that people are, are gonna look up to you and are going to find ways to emulate what the work that you've done.
0: Thank you, Caro, for having me. All right.
1: Well, have a good one, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast today and also send me a DM at Caro Veda. Share the love. Share the comments. Share the thoughts. Special thanks to our partners at The Hispanic Star and Katuna Digital Marketing. Gracias, Mil. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next time with a new episode of Hablemos. Chao.